Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're content or dour, from Jerome to fight the power, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Nobody knows his name, it's my co-host, uh, uh, ah, shit, hang on a minute. Evan! Evan! Ah, he'd win an Oscar every time if he was only given the chance. It's my co-host, Saker. I would? That's every time. An incredibly kind thing to say. Very deep emotional range. Sure. I mean, I know the people on the podcast only get to see your like silly happy side. But That's me. Like I came over and you were like midway through a Shakespeare play. I was having a breakdown. Yes, it's yeah. true. A shakedown, as I call it, a Shakespeare breakdown. It's funny. Like I, I always think it's funny that like Shakespeare is sort of held up as like an epitome of like high art, but it was like, you know. A fucking Paul Blart movie of the day, right? I know he's made he made comedies and dramas though. I mean Romeo and Juliet right. wasn't I mean, Paul Blart. I, I think it's I enjoy them, but it's like for the masses. It's not like highbrow. Sure. They're like yeah. fart and dick jokes like yes, every other line. That's true. There are a lot of fart and dick jokes. But I mean I would say that Oh yeah, I guess so. I mean, I does mean, does like popularity plus time equal high lit or high art? Yeah. Do you think in 50 years, Avengers Endgame will be like the Shakespeare of its day? Yeah. <laughs> Thor in the park. Oh, yeah. Thor, tell your sore. Well, I mean, it'll be more than 50 years, bro. Okay. Like 500 Shakespeare years. Shakespeare was 50 years ago, 1940s? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Ro- you're talking about Ronnie Shakespeare. <laughs> Ronnie Shakespeare. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, the fact that I think 1940 was 50 years <laughs> ago says a lot about how old I am. Um, old. We're both old now. Yeah, I'm uh, just had my 72nd birthday. Wow. My 72nd. And that's in troll years, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. something that viewers don't know about you, is you came over today, and you were in your original form before yes. the witch cursed you, as you are for the first 12 hours of every day. Mm-hmm. Usually, we record these at night, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it helps me. I mean, it helps me to move around during the daytime, because people don't really look. It's like, you know, like on Fraggle Rock, you know, like the Fraggles are all around, but nobody really sees them until sure. they're like, you have to like get noticed by one. Sure. So the trolls are the same thing. Like, and I can run as fast as like a speeding car as sure. a troll. Do you think about? But I have to stop at every bridge. To get oh, on. I have to get under <laughs> sure. every bridge. Hitchhiker's uh, Guide to the Galaxy. You've read it, of course. Oh, uh, long like in high school. Yeah. I think about SEPs a lot. Do you remember SEPs? Sudden electric phenomena. <laughs> oh, is it pro- programs? No, it's somebody else's problem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can hide things and no one will see them. Because they're SEPs. They're somebody else's problem. So, like, you hide a spaceship somewhere, and people mm-hmm. just look past it until you turn your head, like, a certain way. And you're like, oh, there's a spaceship there, isn't is there? Is it, like, a mechanical thing? I don't or remember. Magical thing? This is the stripped-down, know-nothing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy the podcast. podcast. Welcome to the Hitchcast. <laughs> we study the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and then the 2011 Will Ferrell, not Will Ferrell, uh, Will Smith movie, Hitch. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, what other things have Hitch in them? We talk about trailer hitches a lot. Yeah. God, our trailer hitch reviews have been popping off lately. People are really, really digging that. It's very strange. Yeah, and I mean, you say what you want about Trump's America, but they know a good hitch when they see one. (laughs) It's true. And they agree, Will Smith. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh my God. Uh, Famous good movie guy and asshole. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh really? He's a real piece of shit. Was he a piece of shit? Absolute piece of shit. Why? What did he do? He would like, uh, um... The woman from the... I can remember a specific incident. Like, yeah. the woman from The Birds. Yeah. Um, he... Well, like, midway through the movie, he decided that she was going to be sexually available to him at all times. Holy shit. She said no. 
So then he, you know that scene in the birds where uh, the birds just attack her? Yes. That was with real was... trained birds, and they did that for a day. Holy shit. So they just like put her like put her in the most horrible situation because she, w- and then he ruined her career. Good like, She was in like Lord. a half a dozen movies after that, and that was it. Oh my God. Like, it's, she's famously like a, a terrible person. Wow. I had no idea. So it's like a, you know, you separate the art from the artist sort of thing. Like he made good movies, but he's a fucking piece of shit. Wow. Speaking of fucking pieces of shit, we do have a guest today. Jeebus <laughs> <laughs> in the crib. He's a musician behind the comic sads, and he's my bandmate in the nerdcore hip-hop group 2D6, and of course, he's a dear friend. It's Cliff B. Hi, Cliff. How are you? Oh, uh, I'm I'm not surprised at the intro I got. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Well, we've been friends for so long. It's like... Oh, so you're not surprised because you thought I'd pick on you, not that you know that you're a piece of shit. No, no, both. Okay. I, was, <laughs> I was very surprised and horrified. I was horrified. Really? Disgusted. Okay, all right, that's fair. Listen, I was just horrified that you don't talk about Hitch 2. Was there a Hitch 2? License to Hitch. Shut up. The Wait, Brothers Hitch. Was Will Smith still in it? Or was no, it like a direct video? It, I think it was with Jaden. Really? That, that's what I assume. I just assume anything that... Doesn't have Will Smith has Jaden Smith in it. Sure. So like the new Independence Day, the newer. Did that have Jaden? I don't think it does. It was, I'm just that was it had it had Chef Goldblum in it, but that was about it, I think. Oh no, it had a uh, um, what's his name, Brett Spiner too. Who? Who was Brett Spiner? Brett Spiner was Data on Star Trek: oh. Next Generation, but he was in, also famous for being the crazy wild-haired professor in the first independence day and then he came back for the second one. Oh, okay briefly i think no, actually he was a main yeah. character in the first in the second one i do not remember it was it was a forgettable movie like it had the such first a, one or the second one the second one, the okay, second one had such a great premise like we know the aliens are coming we're using their technology to prepare right and then it just kind of like went off the rails i remember it being like totally forgettable for me real yeah it was a bummer didn't i was really it. excited for it wait did you see id not at all did they call it id5 they called it hey, "Get out of your ha- get out of my house, little- <laughs> get out of my house, little Johnny." <laughs> Sorry, no, they called the aliens little Johnnies. Little Johnnies. Yes, that checks out. Um, interesting. Okay, cool. Cliff. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the band Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, if we must. If we must, and unfortunately, we must. Just kidding. We love you, Stevie P. Come on our podcast. Huh. Um, huh. He well, he's not in Bare Naked Ladies, though. Oh, that's true. So you just. Sl- you just, the you just fired a shot across the bow. <laughs> of bare- You're like, oh, I love bare naked ladies. Come on, Andy Cregan. Come and talk on our podcast. <laughs> Come on, Conan O'Brien. I love the bare naked ladies. Um, when, what, what is your history with bare naked ladies? When did you first find out about them? What, uh... So, uh, way back, I was a Weird Al fan, as a lot of people who've come on this podcast before have said. That's the path. And the first place that I saw them was them doing shoebox on the Weird Al show. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I kind of forgot about them for a while. Uh-huh. And then I, in uh, early high school, I met this this asshole. And <laughs> he uh, started these role-playing games. And after the games were over, he'd put out a little soundtrack that would encompass the band. And on that was... Uh, encompass sh- the game. Encompass the game, Yeah. Yes. But one of the uh, songs was Shopping. Which so that was really my was first. Was that your first intro to Bare Naked Ladies? That was my first real introduction to Bare Naked Ladies. Yikes! Shopping. Shopping. Holy shit! And why did you continue to listen to the band? <laughs> oh, I figured, like many things in life, it can only go up from here. Okay. I did. I had a weird. Even though I, I'd say that Maroon is my favorite, and Maroon definitely is my favorite album. I think. Um, I I put I I had a lot of love for everything to everyone back then. I because I I remember I put uh, second best. 
uh, on another soundtrack back then. Um, yeah, I just uh, I was super into making mixtapes with BNL on them. As a 17-year-old, that is a real weird thing to do, right? Well, considering the breadth of songs that you'd use otherwise, it's it's not just Bare Naked Ladies that you had on those soundtracks. Sure. So there was a lot more variety on there, a lot sure. of different artists. So it makes sense that with everything else, like the They Might Be Giants, Weird Al, and then going into anime and video game sure. themes. Have you kept up with the band since uh, its glory days? I never really got too started into them. Like, mm. I would listen to the hits, and I would, if so then an album was playing, I would listen to it, but I never got super into it. Uh, after this cast started, and I was just being a good friend and supporting the cast, <laughs> I went on to uh, music streaming services and just kind of went through the discography, and I'm like, oh, this has a peak in a valley. Yeah, oh, for certain, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there are gems in the rough, even in the, uh, the, the valley, but, uh, we'll get to them. We'll get, we'll get to them. We'll get to them, Ev. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so you're, Full speed ahead. Full bud. speed ahead. Let's go. Um, what, what, what other, what, what, what other musical interests, do you feel like your other musical interests sort of align with Bare Naked Ladies or do you feel like they are kind of divergent to the band? I feel like my musical tastes just kind of swerve in and out of traffic, so it's just, okay. it'll touch on them. Like, I, I enjoy the Bare Naked Ladies. They do have a lot of you know, saved spots on my, uh, on my streaming services, but it just goes all over. Like, how a lot of people are into They Might Be Giants as well as Bare Naked Ladies. I'm not that big of a fan of They Might Be Giants. That's very, very surprising. Yeah. They are, like, they uh, have, like, I encountered them with uh, Tiny Toon Adventures with Particle Man sure. and everything. Like, and I enjoy that one, but just overall, they're a band that I just don't care to seek out. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they're playing in somebody's car, I'll be like, oh, this isn't bad, but I'm sure. not going to look it up on my own. Yeah. Do you feel like, as a musician, you are at all influenced by BNL? I think there's definitely some interest there. I like singing Bare Naked Lady songs because... I enjoy Stephen Page's voice yeah. because there's not a whole lot of voices in popular music that are in the similar range as mine. Sure. And so, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why I always like earlier Bare Naked Ladies, just because it's like, hey, that's a voice that's like within my, you know, tonal pitching. He's got a big range. He does, but like his primary voice is like right where I'm comfortable with singing. Yeah. Okay. Well,. We tasked you with a song today, so let's get to it. Today's song is Sell, 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 and if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. Okay, Cliff, is this your first time having heard Sell, Sell, Sell? Um, technically, it was my second time hearing it, just because, like I said before, I'd gone through the discography. Right. Um, it hadn't stuck out to me before right. when I listened to it. but It, yeah. forced, it was forced to stick out for you this time. Yes. <laughs> sure. Uh, so what did you think of it? Um, I thought musically it was 
it's first it started off interesting and it you know, did have some ups and you know peaks in there but for the most part i feel like if they had just sampled a section of the instrumental and gone on it wouldn't have been much of a difference in that like make some little changes to the chorus and there you go but it not saying that it was bad it just was very repetitive for me sure i don't know i i I loved parts of the the instrumental, and I hated parts. If we're talking instrumentally, that rolling drum tie, mm-hmm. killing it. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like old Hollywood hero music. I thought it sounded. It reminded me a lot of the old West, but I yeah. think that may have just been influenced by that the the beginning. The so basically what I said, old Hollywood hero music. Sure, does old Hollywood hero specifically mean old West? It- Yours is a subset of what I said. Sure. I was getting specific, Ev. I was like, I like stones. You're like, well, I like... Uh, Obsidian stones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, that's what I do. I clarify. Yeah, I, I think the, the drums were really what pulled it through for me. I mean, I, mm. I agree with Cliff. Like, it's it's kind of a... I feel like it's a protest song, but they didn't know how to write a protest song yet. So... Because they get, they get political, like... As the as their careers progress, BNL gets way way more political, yes. and I think like this is their first kind of stab at it. And I don't think it's that good of a stab. They're what? just kind of like throwing a spear, like throwing a javelin into an open field. Yeah, it's real, real, real vague. Like they are not clear or specific or in there yeah. in what they're trying to. I was trying to find out like who they were talking about yes and there's like 30 different people like everyone's like oh no it's definitely bill pullman from the movie <laughs> you know i don't even Alien. independence day yeah, yeah. Okay. or or it's that guy you know dave from the movie dave oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. people were trying to figure out who the character was in this song who the person was who was it's uh, obviously famous british actor john barrowman did like, people have that opinion <laughs> who knows who it is yeah. yeah uh you know i don't i and or I, maybe it's about like Ronald Reagan or George Bush the second. See, I got a similar read, but I didn't get like if I were going to say for anybody, it would have been George H. W. But I feel like it was more of a protest about the, you know, the way you know presidents and political figures are just kind of war hawk in general, not necessarily a specific one. Sure. And so you know they're all they're all just actors taking up this the stage. So wait, slow down. Are we talking about? Are we talking about the actor in this? Or are we talking about who it's criticizing? We're talking about who it's criticizing, right? I think I think both. It because it's because the actor is not the person being criticized, or is he, or they? And that that's the problem. I think. Like, is I, think this, this, I think this. I think this. This song takes like a hard left halfway through. Like it's it starts off like oh look at this asshole who you know is on Colgate commercials and selling things and oh he just got into a war movie now let's like use that as a backdoor to criticize like the sure. like. Like Cliff was saying, like like presidential adventurism in the Middle East, or like the culpability of the media and like propping up, sure. like, like using the twenty four hour news cycle to prop up sort of like yellow cake and Saddam's cow disease. Right. What? Well, also, Saddam's cow disease. That's anthrax. Okay. That's well, anthrax, buddy. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I saw when I was looking up stuff about this online that they were saying it was anthrax, but you know, I th- saw it as more of a generalized term for the uh, oh, what is it? The just the chemical weapons used during mm-hmm. the Gulf and the, like Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, so let's let's kind of break this this song apart. So it's got three verses with a chorus running through it. So verse one, we kind of start in media res on this song. We have an actor on the set of his big movie. Uh, and he's fucking it up, although it's not super clear why, because he's said to be a good actor who would be given an Oscar if given a chance. 
Um, verse two is we kind of move backwards to the history. Uh, this actor started on Broadway. He went to Hollywood to work on TV, ended up kind of floundering in commercials until he was called up to the big leagues for this movie. And then verse three describes the movie, which is kind of, it's about how bad brown people are, basically. The movie is is, is yeah. Yeah, some sort of war movie uh, that uh, we, they fight they yeah. fight a, a, a foreign, a, a kind of generic foreign enemy that's not very clear who it mm-hmm. is or what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the chorus is catchy. Bye, bye. fuck it means i think it's it's just trying to like, again i think it's 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 threading into the use of like pol- po- politicians and media using like selling a war to the people okay selling yeah. a war so what where's the bye 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 part coming the, we're we're the we're but we're the, we're the buyers. buyers they're, they're the, the sellers, sellers. Mm-hmm. right and this guy is like trying to convince everyone to support a you know a wrong war yeah, like so a that, flavor of the weak villain, because eventually the idea is that we'll own them all in the end. We're going to own all of that oil since, you know, they had that targeting of like Saddam in the Middle East. See, mm-hmm. I wondered if owning them, because them didn't feel like oil to me. Them felt like maybe like we own people's thoughts and about them. Like we own their likeness in a way. We own them well, as a concept. I right? saw that more as sort of like a... a uh, nod towards like the American cultural supremacy, right? Okay. So we're just exporting. Like we go to, we go, we take some place over. Like let's say Japan post World War II. Then we export our culture. Sure. There, our consumer so capitalist culture, them. sort of. Like I mean, so they become they become buyers essentially for American culture. Okay. And that's how I saw it. I again, I don't think it's a very deep metaphor or a read, but that, that's that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah, I, I get that too. Just because you look at like world trade today, world trade is based on the value of the American dollar mm-hmm. and that's how they make their distinctions. So in a way, how well the American dollar is doing is how well the world is doing. And you know, it's money is a form of ownership. Right. And I don't think, I don't think they were going this far, but like speaking towards sort of like toward the insidious nature of like late stage capitalism. I don't think the idea Jesus. was, I don't think that we even understood how late we were in, in the two, in like the early aughts when this came out. Yeah. Like, but, um, you know, it's it's sort of as, like the transition from nominal democracy to oligarchy, which we're sort of towards the tail end of sure, right now. Sure, It's, I mean, it's sort of baked in, like the buy, 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 sell, sell, sell for me is sort of baked into capitalism and the constant need for expansion. Like, I mean, you, you the economy needs to grow. Everything needs to grow. I mean, we're on a, capitalism sort of is a, is a self-perpetuating, a robber and... Ouroboros? Ouroboros. Yeah. So it's got to, it's, it's a snake that devours its own tail, right? It's sure. got to keep eating, even if it's devouring itself. Sure. Yeah, I, I just think that this song it, it just like hits such a weird line for me because I'm always asking for more specificity in these mm-hmm. songs. And this song has so much specificity, but it's also just like totally wildly vague. Like it's, it's very unclear. Like, yeah, there seems to be some direct response in the song to the U.S.'s war on terror, but the specifics, 
Like, you know, is it about how Arabic people are demonized? Is this movie a fictional movie? Is it some conflation of events during 2000? Is it like... I don't know. I think they just had like sort of a... Like we've, we've come into the past where BNL has come into a song like, yeah, we just want to do like something about this. And then they, <laughs> then they, then they do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, however, like falling for the first time, they were like, yeah, we just want a, a guy, you know, realizing that it's okay to fail. And yeah. They just wrote, or we just want to go woo hoo hoo. Like they have like a really broad stroke and they're like, you know what? Let's just hang some shit off of that. Sure. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it was interesting. There, there are some other lines that, uh, that, that kind of, were bizarre to me um and i think the one that i know you and i talked about briefly cliff i don't know if you keyed in on this but the in terms of roman numerals he's ivy league with roman polanski in terms of roman numerals he's ivy league with roman polanski yeah there was a couple of different layers there and depending on the context that you view the song in some make more sense than others. Sure. I mean, there's the clear BNL wordplay of, mm. in terms of Roman numerals, he's IV League. So yeah. he's fourth league. He sucks, right? Right. Even though it sounds like he's good. But then, well, mentioning... that's the thing about. I mean, that's the thing about Roman Polanski, though, is he's a good director who sucks as a person. Okay. So it's some mixture of good and yeah, suck. And I, I don't like, I, I mean, he like drugged and raped a girl, but yes. like, he didn't use like an IV to do it. <laughs> well, the fact that they're even mentioning Roman Polanski in this song, just mm-hmm. I- invoking his name, feels very weird to me i mean one of the things i did do when i was researching the song was look to see when roman polanski was born to see if there were any like political figures that were major during the he survived like the holocaust well yeah but what i was i was looking more like any major like american political figures Uh, that had been born to see if there was any kind of all right this is targeted at so and so or this is right so you thought it may have been a... a there wasn't anybody born in okay. the same year. <laughs> it's where I'm getting. Yeah, I mean, he, he escaped, like, uh, Poland, Nazi-occupied Poland, and he fled to Britain. That's where he got really? his, like, start as a director, I think. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he... And that's... I mean, his... Like, Sharon Tate, his wife, and her four IV friends were uh-huh. killed by the Mansons. Like, that was... Holy fuck. I know nothing about Roman Plants given he's a rapist. Yeah. Mal- uh... Yes, an alleged rape. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. we don't want to get sued for our well, podcast. Yeah. Well, he pled guilty and then fled during yeah. sentence, before sentence. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and there's no been, alleged about it. He's still he's still under like they, they every like subpoena. four or five not subpoena like every four or five years because he's he's like on on the run right. more or less. And so like every four or five years like you'll get like we tried to capture Roman Polanski in an airport and uh, Sweden or Switzerland wouldn't give him up Jesus. sort of thing. So, so he's out there and and again I was willing to like. Not, I don't want to chalk it up as a mistake or anything, but like, hey, you know, like some things happened, and he's going to like plead guilty, and he's going to give like time. But then the judge said, you know, I'm going to put him away for 60 years or something right. like that. The judge, the the response wasn't fit, didn't fit the crime, which is why he ran. Right. But then like more stories have surfaced. Sure. That he's like just kind of like that. Sure. And so Not I'm like, response. oh yeah, fuck yeah. you. Put 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 him in jail for 60 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know. So so but so here's the question: Why is BNL using his name? Are they trying to? Because when you say Roman Polanski, I you don't think about his movie career anymore. You think about. I think they're me- trying to say that this actor is a real piece of shit. I just thought they were trying to... It's almost like an AI wrote a joke. They were like, <laughs> movie plus Roman numerals equals Roman Polanski? Like, is that the pun Maybe here? it's just too deep for us. Maybe we're not getting it. That's we possible. We are the dumb... D- Let's wait for... Um, uh, Bare Naked ABCs. Bare Naked ABCs to cover this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
Um, yeah. Uh, hey, you can hear me on Bare Naked ABCs this week uh, on the song Fight the Power, which is <laughs> out, I think, right now. If not right now, then next week. Um, a song where Bare Naked Ladies do their best impression of musical blackface. Fun song. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> is that something we're going to have to do? No, it's a B-side. We're good. We'll skip oh, it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, they have... The, their, their specifics, again, are insane. Like, you don't need a medical. They Steven brushes this line off like his acting was methodical and you don't need a medical. As if that's a thing that everybody knows. Is that a Canadian thing? I looked it up. It's nothing. Okay, well, maybe he's like on commercials for like diabetes. That's, that's the track, right? Yeah. Is, is The track is like, oh, okay, it's supposed to be an infomercial. I guess I get it because they're mentioning it in the same breath as these other things. But it's such a weird specific because it's just like... It, he pretends like it's a thing that exists already. Well, I I kind of in the track of like warmongering political. I read that as more of like they're taking that methodical hardline stance on like socialized medicine, like Medicare and Medicaid. Is like it's like you don't need that. You just need your bootstraps and pull them up. Man, so maybe this actor was somewhat political before he was in this movie. See, I see uh, the way I the way I looked at it. The actor is just the politician fulfilling the role of whatever representative spot they had. Jesus. Okay, so it's going backwards. Like yeah. You're, you're, it's like because, a Russian nesting doll from the inside out. <laughs> yeah. Because from from how I saw it, like going back to like the that first verse where it's like offering the prayer and then saying what's my line, giving like the delivered speeches, like you know State of the Union, but offering that prayer and then just can't remember. Okay. Or it was such a. Like, if you're going into, like, an attack on the United States, like, say, the Oklahoma City bombings, like, at first not really knowing what to say, but needing to comfort the people. Mm -hmm. um, the Ivy League, if we're actually looking at a specific major political figure, um, like, both uh, Bushes went to Yale, sure. which is an Ivy League school, schools. and they wanted to yeah, talk about the bones. schools. So they wanted to talk about the schools and mention that they were Ivy League. Yeah. But... You know, they needed a pivot because they're bare naked ladies, so mm. they went with the Roman Man. numeral double meaning of it. Yeah. Jesus. So there might not be an actor at all in this. Fuck, that kind of mm -hmm. tracks too, because we talk so much about the the movie of this war mm -hmm. that it could just be talking about the war itself. And talking about like getting a role and moving west for it. That's you know going to like the naval schools or like the military because a lot of the older political like people who mm -hmm. got their start their start was from the military that's where okay. they got to be known from so that's more of that older generation and that that's their broadway before stepping onto the movie stage of american political comedy So you're, you're just speaking to like, so his like commercial stuff would just be you know like his commercials running were literal for... literal commercials for their campaigns. Okay. So then why why mention Colgate? Why mention how much does this new car cost? Just to to, I feel like that's, that's... E economy, the buying and selling of things. I, think, Man. I mean that's a reading. Yeah. Like, I think that 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 doesn't necessarily not track for me. Um, can it, I? Can I throw out my insane read? Yeah, go ahead. Since we just did a, a slightly off-kilter read. I think this song is about Kevin Hearn. 
<laughs> I think this song is a direct response to Kevin Hearn being in the Bush Leagues of Thin Buckle and then being pulled up to the big leagues of the Bare Naked Ladies, right? We even have specific reference to the week of Independence Day. Guys, I hate to tell you, but Kevin Hearn's birthday is July 3rd, which is right in between Canadian Independence Day on the 1st and American Independence Day on the 4th, the two cultures that they kind of straddle between. Um, yeah, I think that this is about, uh, uh, he's called up to the big leagues, he kills it there, he's winning hearts, he's winning minds. That's Kevin. Yeah, I mean, that's... He gets us all to go to war every day. <laughs> I mean, doesn't he? This is, I mean, yeah. being on tour? I can't, do, can't wait to go kill for Kevin. <laughs> K, K for K, Clarkers for cash and kill for Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, I mean, do you, that, that read, that, that that's, tracks, that right? Tra- yeah, I mean, I don't think any read... No read can't track, right? <laughs> it's like Death of the Artist, right? You can say anything you want about this song as long as you like gen- generally relate it to the content, sure. which is I think what BNL was doing with this song. Like, which is so you know, hard. we don't like the we don't like the Iraq War. We don't like this you know this sort of thing. So let's say well, something. Here's about the it. thing, though. Unless depending on this read, that doesn't track because this album came out September 12th of 2000, mm-hmm. and going into Iraq didn't start until 2002. Jeez. So well, I mean, the second time is, we went in. Well, yeah, the second time. But this is that's my that's my wackier read is that take everything I said but apply it time to travel? George W. And that's oh, Stevie P's a time traveler. Jesus, Stevie yeah. P the TT. That's what we do. Oh man! So he saw. Why didn't he warn anyone about 9/11? He tried to. <laughs> this was. Why didn't he just say there's going to be the Twin Towers will fall. Because you can't just outright say something like that because then it's going to be assumed that you're part of a plot. So because you, if you let oh, yourself man. be known that you're a time traveler, then you're going to have people being, oh, you're time traveling, why don't you go back and kill Hitler? <laughs> okay. Because he can see through time. He can't go through time. Exactly. And he can't, he can't express that to people because they keep asking him to kill Hitler. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, that checks out. Fuck. So this is about Kevin and Stephen Hearn going, looking forward to time at 9-11 and trying to get Kev elected instead of George W. Mm-hmm. So that he would instead... Elected to, like, the Canadian prime ministership? Oh, fuck, you're right. You have to be an American <laughs> citizen. Wait, does he be an American citizen from birth? No. No. I mean, but... Because Obama was born in Kenya. So... Uh... Sorry. I'm going to tear my face <laughs> off. So, yeah. Okay, that's an interesting fuck. And so they couldn't tell anybody because then he couldn't... So so does that mean that later on, later Bannocked Lady songs, there are hidden warnings in those too? Perhaps the album that just came... Oh, no, because Steve left the band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to be listening to Stevie P's albums. We'll get there. Will we? No. Ev, no, you said it. We're I mean, we'll listen to them. I'm happy to sit and listen to an album with you. Here's what I'm thinking, though, is that we do condensed album reviews no. in between... Oh, uh, Bare Naked Ladies albums. Like, in between uh, <laughs> Maroon and Everything to Everyone, we review the entirety of yeah, A Singer Must Die or something in our little, like, resequence and Stevie P check-in. I wish you would talk to me about this instead of putting me on blast <laughs> on the podcast every time. We've had two people tweet at us saying, you guys have to cover Stevie P solo stuff. Are you going to cover Stevie P solo stuff? And so I keep saying, I liked the. Heart- I would love to if it's not for Ev. You just need to convince at idiot underscore God. <laughs> I really like the harmonies in this song. Like the high harmonies. Hey, me too. Don't try to get me off track. <laughs> Go tell me more about the harmonies. I, that, they were the good. Like I, I know BNL does like good straightforward harmonies, but these were like the high harmonies. Were, 
sounded like they're coming in. They're coming in really high on a lot of lines. They were in like a. Uh, they were through a filter, right? The, a vo- the vocal, uh... vocoder, vocoder, vo- vocoder. The uh, little I... piano that you sing into, yeah, and vocoder. you can like mess. Yeah, but like, I think Kevin was on that. It sounded like a. Did it sound like a '40s radio? Like they were sort yeah. of coming through the. Yeah, and again, that that mm-hmm. speaks to sort of the old Hollywood stuff sure. for me. credit on this track for that did you see it that stuff is credited to sean cullen and the male cast of shave it oh now, i went looking for any musical called <laughs> shave it guess what buddy it does not exist i bet that's a i bet that's a don was thing oh maybe yeah but I, do you think it also might have something to do with you don't need a medical are there hidden messages in here that i'm not getting yeah, it's all just in jokes right it might be i don't know it's hard to say but i do i love those as well uh it, it could it could be an yeah, i mean cr- Cregan on viola, right? Now that was I interesting. Couldn't hear any viola in this. I could song. hear a little bit. It's, okay, it, it blends in pretty well. Now in the next song, "Humor of the Situation," there's very clear strings, mm-hmm. but no one is credited to strings on that track. Hmm. So I just wondered if they accidentally wrote track seven for Krieg's viol when they meant track eight. I don't know. I thought I, I thought I heard it, but that might have just been wishful thinking. I'll but. think. I'll try. And, and some of it though, I remember. I remember looking on as going through the the harpsichord on this one that that actually being a yamaha plug-in it sucks that harp sounds like ass and it's still on yamaha keyboards today yeah it's does it sound like garbage i I like the glockenspiel like Call in a harp player, get a studio harp player for a couple hours, it's not going to break your bank, and it's going to sound better than a Yamaha plug-in. I, I, <laughs> Speak for yourself, have you ever heard a harp? Like a live harp? Yeah. Fucking garbage. I saw the harp I'm like, twins. just get over yourself. Live the in harp concert. twins. They were, there's a group called the harp twins. They Are were you really fucking good. kidding me? No, they do anime and video game songs. It's oh. two well, sisters. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, never mind. That, that, r- that room was packed. I bet. Oh, I bet. People fucking love people the harp love, twins. Well, people love people playing instruments doing pop songs. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like two cellos. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, you know, the other group that does two cellos. <laughs> yes. Like, there's like four groups that are just two guys on cello that play pop is, songs is there a group that does like just metallica songs apocalyptica, apocalyptica, yeah. apocalyptica yeah that's yeah. right um but i say this as someone who's going to see rasputina in like october and are you it. really yeah. where columbus go fuck yourself i'm not telling tell him come bring <laughs> no, me it's in, it's in, okay it's in columbus it is yeah. can i go i don't know are I'll, you going with I'll your partner see. yeah okay yeah. is it a date no i might just show up you can come. I saw Rasputina. That's the thing about public performances that sell tickets. <laughs> yeah. You can show up. I saw Rasputina probably a half dozen times in the early 2000s. I was in love. Yeah, they're a great band. Yeah, with Rasputina. Um, Were and are. What's the background? Are they saying da 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 or she's got it? She's I don't got know. It. Like there's just I just wrote down like in my parentheses like some words are here. Yeah, I don't understand. Unclear. The more I listened to it, the more I was convinced they're saying she's got it. But then I was like, what? Maybe he's got it. He's, he's got, got it. it. He's, he's got, got it. it. Oh, speaking of his talent and his charisma. I didn't like they said Iraq, but I mean, that's probably almost certainly a reference to HW. What, how did they say it? Iraq gets irate. Yeah, how are you supposed to say it? Iraq. Iraq. Yeah. Each day, Iraq gets more irate. Iraq gets more irate. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably... But W wasn't a thing at this point. I know. That's weird, though. 
Cliff, the more I think about it, the more I'm giving credence to your time travel theory here. God, I really love that. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, we're, uh, so it's great to hear Ed and Steve singing together on some lines. Did you mm-hmm. guys hear them singing at the yeah. same time, the mm. same words? It's just that Ed is going in a much deeper register. Um, I like that. I like their separate cadences. We did this before on some song as well, where they were singing the same line, except Ed is way down yeah. deep. Um, and it's always good. H.W. was president in 2000. H.W. Yeah. Not W. You no, said no w. w. W was president. W was pre- he, he won the 2000 election. That was the whole Florida right. debacle with the hanging right. But he wouldn't have had but, an Iraq thing so, because he didn't come into office until... Yeah, and yeah. The no, elec- the, the this election, came out in September. The election yeah, this was in came, November. This came okay. out in September. And you have to imagine like there was the whole time of promoting the album after it was finished so sure. that album while bush would have been you know into his candidacy running for it you know but if they if assuming that they had this be the last song mm-hmm. that they did for the album but sequentially Weird. on the who uh, knows yeah um what did hw call it iraq too he probably did probably i mean w had to get it from somewhere yeah i got it from my daddy um, yeah, I did write down about the glockenspiel. Loved that glockenspiel on the chorus. Actually, and I think that's Ty as well. Ty's amazing on this song. Those military drums, mm-hmm. amazing. I think it's Kevin on the glockenspiel. It is Kevin? Yeah. Okay. Well, Ty also yeah. plays castanets on this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I think that, like, they, they were mixing in enough weirdness to keep me interested because the, the me- apart from that, like, the melodies are pretty, pretty standard. Yeah. Like, the... I mean, we've been so deep in the meaning of this song. I feel like we haven't gotten around to, like, what was good and what was bad. It was just confusing, right? And Mm -hmm. I would say that, yeah, musically, it's interesting. It is, I think, what you said. It's kind of rote. It's kind of the same, sort of samey. Do you... Yeah, it's like, it does have, like, some variances that go through, get added, and drop a little bit. But it's, like, basically, this is very much samey. Like, you can go through singing each part and aside from addition or subtraction of words to change right. where they hit you're getting the same melody going through very repetitive yeah and even within the chorus that melody doesn't change a whole lot once you get past the bye 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 sell 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 yeah yeah that's true um not and not saying at all it's a bad melody i i enjoy it like, yeah Oh, yeah, the melody's good. The harmonies are good. I feel like everything in this is pretty competent. I mean, it's standard Brannick Ladies, right? Mm-hmm. If not good, then competent. Um, yeah, more or less. I don't... I think that... I, I, I'm going to take the most basic stance and say it's about a movie man who makes movies about yeah. how bad brown people are. I think it's about the Goblin Wars. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the Goblin Wars in Harry Potter? Yeah. Okay, tell me about them. <laughs> well, obviously, the protagonist is the... Minister of Magic, uh, the third Minister of Magic during the Goblin Wars oh, in the so 17th and 18th. Nope. Uh, close. Hephaestus Gore <laughs> is his name. Uh, so the goblins, uh, there were a bunch of Goblin Wars. I mean, but they revolted against discrimination because the, uh, m- not the Ministry of Magic, because it wasn't really, uh, it, it didn't have the Wizangamon at that point, but they outlawed, the they outlawed wands. Bazinga, ma- what? Wizangamot. Okay. Or Wizardgamot, something like that. Um, it's just like the the Parliament of Wizards, okay. essentially. Okay. And uh, it's a play on Wittengamont, which is like what the 
Anglo-Saxon kings had. It was like a noble parliament that would like advise the Anglo-Saxon kings okay. in Britain and early Britain. So it's you know British and their wordplay. They fucking love that. Sure, sort of, stuff. of course. Like yeah. puns. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They can't get enough puns. Yeah, okay. Like Hephaestus Gore, who was a famous <laughs> lover of puns and murderer of of um, goblins, but they the goblins and magical creatures revolted because there was like a. Um, the wizards all decided that they couldn't use wands. Okay. Like the only only human wizards can use wands. Okay. So the magical creatures are like, what the fuck, man? And so the goblins revolt. They oust two ministers of magic basically during the wars, and then Hephaestus Gore comes in, and he's like a, like a, um, like a Hitler sort of for magical creatures. Jesus, so, so is this is, in the books? Not in the books, it's but in it's the about the, it's 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 a uh, it's referenced in the books because they're they're like. Everything they learn about in like history of witch wizarding witchcraft is like sure. about the Goblin Wars. Oh, like you Jesus. hear like Ron Weasley saying like I had to learn a bunch of Goblin names today, <laughs> like uh, Ugg the Unclean and Baldred the Bearded. <laughs> like fucking Ron Weasley, Vargrot, who was perhaps a renegade house elf. Actually, have we ever so. seen any goblins? Yeah, there's tons of goblins. They're full of like Gringotts is full of goblins. Oh, uh, it's like in the seventh or eighth actually both move both seventh and eighth towards the end of the seventh movie and the eighth movie you get grip hook who is played by my man warwick davis he's two characters in yeah fresher flitwick who has goblin like heritage as we've discussed earlier like his like great grandfather his great grandfather was a goblin so goblins can mate with humans apparently i mean hagrid so can giants yeah which means in theory goblins and giants could mate hell yeah (laughs) to make a jobless so yeah, the goblins wanted representation on the Wizangamot, and uh, the wizards were just shutting him down. So this is uh, Hephaestus Gore trying to sell the war against the goblins. And he's not saying Iraq, he, or Iraq, he's saying Iraq, with like arachnids, like Aragog and the Jesus others, Christ. who also, the werewolves and the arachnids also joined during the sure. goblin wars. Each so. day, Iraq gets more irate. <laughs> the, new, the new Iraq, Iraq. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's easy to pick pick a, a fight with an arachnid, right? Okay. Because they're so, they're so alien. Agragog. Was that his Aragog. name? Aragog. Fuck. I need to brush up on my HP. Yeah. Griphook, though, was actually, he shows up in the first movie, too. Uh, when they go down into the um, vaults, he's the guy who takes in, him down there. In Gringotts. Okay. Yeah. But he's played by Vern Troyer. Mini-Me. Is that Mini-Me? Yeah. Okay. That's what he's most famous. His Mini-Me's most famous role. But yeah, I think that then, then I think in the later movies, they wanted a fully British cast, which is why they took him out and put Warwick also, Davis in. Vern Troyer was dead by then. I don't know if he was actually, he had actually d- killed himself by the end of the series. Was what, filming. Because like, that would have been like late aughts, I think. Right? Yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. Uh, Vern Troyer, yeah, 2018, he died. Yeah, so, yeah, so he could have he could have been there. Yeah. So. So yeah, the, 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 this is re- referencing specifically the 1612 Goblin Rebellion Jesus. that took place in Hogsmeade. Okay. The wizards what? actually used the three broomsticks as their headquarters. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade, that's like, right next to fucking... Yeah, that, fu- that sucks when everything takes place in this tiny well, vacuum. The, the thing is, like, the wizarding community in Britain has to be fucking tiny, because they all know each other. Yeah. So it's like, I bet there I don't. I'm sure that J.K. Rowling has said, there are 4,132 wizards, yeah, but like, exactly, yeah. I bet there are thousands of wizards. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah. in, in Britain. Yeah, I because they know each so. other so. But the, again, I think I've talked about this before. Like, the Triwizard Cup, not the Triwizard Cup, the um, whatever the Quidditch Cup is yeah, pretty well. Cup, there's like yeah. you see a lot of people there, but yeah. that's from like the world. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, I mean, I bet there are tens of thousands of wizards in the world and thousands of wizards in Britain or hundreds even. Yeah. Like by how how like aware of they are? Because I mean, I mean, I'm in a small village. Like everyone kind of knows everyone. Sort of that feel. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
Yeah, okay. All right. Interesting. And especially if everyone has a gun, I'm going to fucking know who they are. <laughs> sure, absolutely. That's an interesting yeah. read of that. I mean, and the goblins are also pissed because the, the sword of Godric Gryffindor, you know, of course, about that, that, that the Goblin King made the sword for Godric Gryffindor that Harry uses to kill the phoenix in the, right. the Chamber of Secrets. Or not kill the phoenix, kill the fucking... Yeah. The Snake. phoenix brings him to yes. the basilisk in the Chamber basilisk. of Secrets. Yeah, because goblins believe that if they make something for you, it's for you. You can have it, but when you die, it goes back to the goblins. Oh, like boy. Like, you can't pass things on. So, basically, every person who's owned that sword after Godric Gryffindor is a thief. Jesus. Goblins. So, Harry is a jock, a future cop, a cheat, a steal. Yeah, and Griphook, like, puts it puts that right in front of his fucking face. And, I mean, Hermione, who's the wokest one, is like, yeah, we're trying to actually help house elves and things. He's like, not enough. Really? Yeah. Does he say that? Yeah, he's pissed off. God damn. And he betrays them because of that. Wow. Like, he doesn't trust them in one fucking bit. Yeah. Why would you? Why should he? Yeah, I mean, they're basically an underclass. Yeah. Right? Wow. Shitty. Yeah. Well, how does it, how does it factor in when Dobby's it says, like a fucking Uncle Tom. Oh, God. I never thought about that. Oh, yeah. They're BFF little slave-turned-friend. Uh, yeah, I mean... Ugh. That's bad. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, it's like one of those people who are like, yeah, man, if I lived in the antebellum South, I would have been really nice to my slaves. <laughs> like that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of levels in there. And I think that, I think that. Do people say that? No. Okay. It's just like one of those like fucking white things. Okay. You know, like if I were in the Holocaust, I would have stood up for everybody. I would have killed all the Nazis. Yeah, I would have fought some Nazis. But you know what? It's happening here and no one's doing yeah. anything. Yeah. Right. Um, how does how does it uh, he started on the Broadway stage factor into your read? Uh, Broadway is a street uh-huh. in uh, London. Broadway like broadcast, yeah. casting, casting a spell, spell. spelling your name, name. naming Hef- a sword, Hephaestus Gore. Done. We looped it back in. Yeah. Uh, and you don't need a medical is of course a famous wizarding infomercial. You don't need a medical. medical? Come to the bone grow powder <laughs> clinic. <laughs> So, yes, Hephaestus Gore is famous for his bone grow powder clinic. That's how he got his start, right? He was just name recognition. Because, like, when you're on your third Minister of Magic in, like, as many years, like, there's nobody wants the fucking job because goblins are killing them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) paint a target on your back. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Anything else to talk about musically? I just have some small notes. Um, the, uh, I love when they're walking up and down the keyboard during the Aladdin and the 40 Thieves part. Yeah. Uh, again, Kev on it. Do you think the drubs, drubs, do you think the drums are supposed to be vaguely Celtic? And vaguely Celtic music like and vaguely celtic because they highlighted it and it's just military drums, yeah i mean right? i don't think they i don't well, think they i mean when it. you listen to like if you go to like a more like where they have bagpipes playing and everything like typically you'll have like those heavy drums like mm. that are present in the song mm-hmm. so. i guess so yeah it is I, I didn't see it as vaguely celtic i don't know um that's about it cliff what do you have anything I think we've covered everything I had to say yeah. about the song. Hey, yo, we never hear Steve do that fast rapping, and he does a great mm. job with it. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not as fast as what Ed would do, but like you know, the Aladdin and the Forty Thieves and Hempstead special. Like it's good. He's good. Yeah, nice. I mean, it's like musical theater is what it like. This whole thing just reads as musical theater to me. Yeah, yeah. Cap was right. We're in the story song section, yeah. but not every story is a good story. <laughs> not every story makes sense. Yeah. This is what we call an anti-narrative. Yeah. 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 It, it definitely feels like Steve is like, 
Hey, Ed, I want to make a protest song, and I don't know how to make my character, my characters in or, songs not jerks. Yeah. Steve wanted so. to make a like a heavy protest song, but like Ed was writing too, so they had to put in stuff about like Colgate, <laughs> goofy shit. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to rating this song. Now's the point in the time and the place and the thing where we rate the song. We rate it on a scale from bare naked to fully clothed. The more naked this song is, the better. The more clothes it has on, the worse. As usual. We will give our guests some time to think. Evan will take the stand. I'm not on Tinder, but if I were, I swipe right. Beautiful person. Meet them. We go out for coffee. I don't know what a Tinder date entails, but we have a little chit chat. Mm-hmm. We talk a little bit. Um, split the bill. It's just a coffee, right? We don't actually have a bill. We just pay and bring our coffees to the table. Have a little chat. You know, I don't want. You don't want to get too deep at this point, right? So uh, they are. They're. They're sort of making these little moves. You know, like a, a quick touch on the hand. A, you know fingers brushing my leg and i'm like okay i'm getting some good signals from this like so i ask like hey you want to take this somewhere and they say yeah sure how, how about we go to my place and i mm-hmm. said well that's interesting a lot of our reviews have sex in them <laughs> like because well, because nudity figures probably into that and, like, there's yeah, like there's so. like few times in the in the in life when you are like naked sure 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 right sure. so uh we go back and, and uh, they're like how about some netflix and chill and i'm like oh well, i know what that's code for so we go back <laughs> i and, am hip yeah. i am a kid so uh they mix me a drink i sit on the couch they go into the back they're like i'm gonna slip into something more uh, appropriate uh-huh. they come back in like a full body like a, a velour track suit <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So they're covered like from the neck down, uh-huh. no zipper. I don't oh, even know how they got into damn. this thing. Okay. It's like this like dumpy gray velour tracksuit, <laughs> and they're wearing their shoes on their own couch. And they sit down. And they're like, "Hey, you want to watch some porn?" <laughs> like, okay. So uh, yeah, we just sit there for the entire night, a uh, good solid two hours, and watch porn <laughs> without engaging in any sexual activity. No talking. And I kind of like halfway through like that i start to get that this is their thing uh-huh. <laughs> like this is what they're into they're into like forcing uh, getting people all hot and bothered and forcing them to sort of watch porn not forcing because i could leave anytime i want sure but, like, and i'm like you know what this isn't the weirdest thing i've ever done sure. so you know what i'm, I'm kind of into this okay. so we just like sit there and then like at the end of the night like uh, we shake hands and go our separate <laughs> ways i'm like all right i'm not going on any more dates and they're like yep figured that yeah okay wow so yeah it's so- a it's a person in a velour tracksuit making me watch naked people <laughs> Hey, doesn't this look fun? This thing right yeah. here? You'll never have that. This is what this song could have been. Um, yeah, I think mine... Uh, we hear the sounds of flack in the distance. We hear the rat-a-tat-tat of a gun coming from somewhere. And we realize that we're on a dusty battlefield in the middle of Operation Desert Storm. I'm uh, Okay, I'm the last soldier on the American side. Wait, you we're losing? Yeah, we are losing this specific <laughs> made battle. made a huge mistake. <laughs> this is uh, like Black Hawk Down, but in <laughs> the desert. And I decide that my only way to win this fight is to just come out swinging. I need to be brave, and I need to show no, no fear at all. So I put on my No Fear t-shirt, and I strip off all my other clothes down to my... Down to my, uh, I have underwear on. I have underwear and I have my No Fear t-shirt. So you're just going to terrorize the Iraqi, like Republican Guard. Exactly. So I, I, I enter the battlefield. The Republican Guard is, is just absolutely befuddled by what I'm doing. And I say, I'll destroy this whole place. And I start walking towards, uh, and, and they shoot at me and it tears through. They shoot right at my chest, tears through my No Fear shirt 
to reveal a bulletproof vest underneath. And I say, ha ha ha, I've tricked you, Republican guard. And they say, no worries, we've got these hollow point bullets. And they shoot me again, and it tears through my bulletproof vest to hit the next bulletproof vest under it. And I say, ha ha. And then I turn to the side to show them. I think hollow points have less penetrating power than regular bullets. Fine. What is it in Resident Evil? Acid rounds. (laughs) That's what they shoot at me. My only idea of war comes from video games, Evan. That's fair. I just, I don't know for sure. I could be wrong. <laughs> okay. Like, I think the thing about hollow points is they spread out, right, when they hit you. Cliff, confirmed deny? I don't know. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I don't think, I don't know. Okay, if, so yeah. they put on their heavy point bullets. See, like, AP. <laughs> sure. Armor piercing They rounds. sharpened this bullet. Or they just shoot you with a rifle. Sure. Like, and I turn to the side to reveal the fact that I am wearing a nigh- infinite number of armored uh bulletproof vests underneath bulletproof my vests all the way down underneath my no fear shirt yeah i look like a normal human coming at them but now that i've turned to the side i'm several hundred feet wide of bulletproof vests <laughs> so you're coming straight on <laughs> yeah, like, no and one were, and they were has, looking at you straight on no, no angles an angle on me. <laughs> they, well, sir we're trying to get an angle on him we can't figure out his architecture he seems to be facing in every direction <laughs> So, this so you're just basically one-dimensional. So <laughs> yes. no matter how they're looking at you, you're always exactly <laughs> the same. Paper, yeah. But you, yeah, and and you could fit if you were like a two-dimensional figure, like you'd never be edge-on, right? And you have an infinite amount of bulletproof vests yeah. on, but they're all one, they're all two-dimensional. Sure. So yeah, it's not going to stop. Yeah. It. Uh, so yeah, this is. But actually, that works because I think the the narrator in this song is very one-dimensional. So yeah. it it all folds into two-dimensional itself. you'd just be a point if you were one-dimensional uh, you'd be invisible yeah and this song has no point am i right <laughs> got you guys i guess god i'm such a fucking idiot cliff what do you think tim keeps sacred just keeps the scene opens <laughs> a guy and a girl just fiercely the the stereotypical like burst into the apartment making out you know just going at it tongues lashing uh, kicking the door closed with the back foot so and I like to see lashing tongues. <laughs> and I like it when they're the kissing in you. Their mouths are open. You can see the tongue. Yeah, work. like in Kung Pao like, when the two tongues they pull, are just they pull apart. And she says, "Go freshen up while I get ready." And so he goes in to the bath. The guy goes into the bathroom. He, you know, he's looking around, looking through her stuff. Like, oh, what am I gonna do? He finds like a toothbrush that's still like in the plastic. So he quickly opens that, brushes, flosses real quick, and then, you know, he starts taking off his shirt and comes out and as soon as the door opens he gets hit with this rubber mask (laughs) and she says put this on and you can see she's already in the bed the the blankets are up right in the first all you can see is her head so he puts the mask on and finishes taking off her clothes uh, clothes. it's a mask of George H.W. Bush Mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. and she's wearing a Saddam Hussein mask role play so they get into bed. She's like, they're both into they're my both, spider hole. They're both <laughs> naked, but this is a movie, so you can't you're not you can't really show any kind of too much skin in it. So you know they're naked. They're under the blankets. They're wearing these political figure masks. Uh-huh. Just going at it in the most boring missionary sex. So it's naked, it's a good song, but it's kind of repetitive and boring in nature and sure. hints at political themes but you're not quite sure really what's going on with that kink cliff i love the little inside view of your sex life where putting on hussein and hw masks is boring sex to you. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, like every night. Well, no, we'll the, dress the, up the, as the sex it's, the sex itself is like missionary vanilla. Sure, but just with the added putting on the masks. Sure. I thought he was going to go in the bathroom and like find the toothbrush and start to brush his teeth and do one of those things where he opens the mirror to like look for toothpaste. <laughs> and then when he closes it, she's right behind him with a gun. Sure, she's yeah. like, "This is for my father." And she shoots him in the back of the head, and you just see the blood spray fall down. And she's <laughs> what is that rating? It's so because well, he's he's taken off his clothes, right? But then he gets gunned down. <laughs> So I guess all of our ratings were somewhat naked in some ways, but there were also a lot of weird clothes involved. So, well, good rating. We'll be right back with more. It's been Bear Cast. Hey, Evan. Hey, baby boy. What are you doing? Holding your baby. Are you? No. Okay. He's full of tubes. He is. He's got a couple tubes in him. No, I mean like. Like everybody, though, everything in your body is a tube. Oh, he's got tubes in them because to help him float. We installed him with the inner tube accessories upon That's right. birth. Oh yeah, you can you can sign up for the extra. That's correct. <laughs> like, like okay, you can just have the standard birth, or you can get the platinum package. <laughs> yes. He's got uh, Adam, the inner tubes. Adamantium bones. He's got adamantium bones. Uh, he's got a built-in neck. He's got three sets of teeth. Yes. One of them. He's got the you know, the Baby kids teeth? set. Then adult the adult teeth. teeth, and then another one that comes in like in his fifties. Yes, elderly teeth. They elderly call them. Teeth. <laughs> yes. Um, he's got double the nose hairs for double oh, the protection. Oh yes, 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 yes. He's not gonna like. He later came. In life, he but... came preloaded with all the diseases. Yes, he also came preloaded with Windows ninety eight, <laughs> which I thought would help us quite a bit. You gotta patch him. You gotta patch him a couple times. I might. I might upgrade him to XP later. He's got but... a USB port. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He can, just... can charge. <laughs> he does need a good charge every once in a while. When you charge him, he gets the zoomies though. I'll yeah. tell you what. He just wants to run around. <laughs> he's Google looking around. He is Google looking around. I got, I'm glad you got that extra eye too for him. That was useful. Um, it's not as useful as the fourth and fifth eyes that we got, but those are hidden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they grow. They, well, yeah, they do grow. I assume they're going to outgrow the box in the attic that we keep them in. But <laughs> uh, it's like the, the you know the people who like freeze the placenta or eat the placenta yes. or like it's placenta cookbooks raise the placenta as a, as a second <laughs> second son. child. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about him? <laughs> it's, it's sort of a similar premise, right? Shh. To keeping eyes in the attic, and then you got the you got the arms that are interchangeable as he grows. So instead of like having to have his all his limbs grow, you can just like swap them out for new ones oh. as his central core grows. Yeah. It's it's easier. I thought you meant instead of a left arm and a right arm, we have two middle arms, <laughs> which is what we have. So they're they're twistable, turnable, peanut butter. Yeah, as long as you don't strip the threads on them, you'll probably be yes, pretty good. You're fine. I've got some arms in my basement I can lend you if you oh, want. Oh good, good. Yeah. Well, he's under warranty for the next fifteen. Ah, so good. No worries. Yeah. Wouldn't it be horrifying if you had a fourth and fifth eye that you kept in a box in your attic so you could always see the inside of a box? Just somewhere, like, 40% of your vision would constantly be taken up by blackness. <laughs> by blackness? Um, which, like, is it... But you have your normal vision. You just yeah. have, like, an extra... 60% of your you vision. You just have an extra normal. eye. No, yeah. 60% of your... Well, you have an extra eye, so it's on top of your normal vision. So you have what a normal human has, but then you can always kind of see a box, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a shitty box. Do you think that would be scary? <laughs> uh, what if you were born, but you had an extra set of sensory organs, but they're just, like, randomly placed places? <laughs> I do like So you can, that. like... Like part of your life's goal is to find where your eyes are and your extra ears and stuff. I smell bread. <laughs> That's all I have to go on for my nose clue. And they're like, they're not, they're not objects. They're like sort of like a, a like a, a sensor. So when you find oh. them, you find the, where the eye, like, sure. so you can't like, if you found your missing, your eye is just like looking around. Sure, right? sure. Your, your ghost eye, right. we'll call it. And it's just looking around. But, and if you find it, you'd be like, oh, so this is the clearing. I mean, right. Yes, exactly. This is the stretch of highway. And then what would you get? I mean, do you get a power-up to um, your actual yeah. eye? 
You probably do. You, you get some sort of some sort of level up. Sure, like we can, you can like run extra fast. Gamify it. Yeah. Okay. You can yeah. run extra fast when you get your next. Nose. You get an extra pint of blood. Oh, I do like that. How much blood do you think is in like a bird? Say. <sighs> Good question. I. Probably a lot, right? Yeah, I think probably a gallon. I, one would I mean, imagine. You ever, you ever cut a bird? No, I should try it though. And when you cut a bird, it's like one of those. It's like an anime, uh-huh. like where they kind of. Just, <laughs> and it's just a. Like, it just like a high pressure hose. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. cut a bird, it's like a popped. It's like a balloon, <laughs> and they just float away. What a delight! Okay. Well, you, you know, know who else cuts birds? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for getting to it before I could. You know who else cuts birds, Ev? You already said that, but. Oh, he's feeling the horror because he loves horror. Of course, everyone does. Oh, sorry, especially Marianne. Mar- Marianne. Oh, she loves it. And she knows a lot about the genre. That's does why she? she hosts Marianne's Macabre Review, a bi-weekly podcast about all things horror, especially movies. Join Marianne and her friends as they cover film, television, books, web series, and even board games. If it's horror-related, Marianne is on it. A new topic every episode. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out Marianne's Macabre Review and all of our programs at iabdpresents.com. And don't forget to support us at patreon.com slash She's a horror expert. She is a horror expert. She's a horror... Is there a good portmanteau for horror and expert? Hexpert. That's good. Hexpert. Yeah. We found it. You're welcome, Marianne. You can have that for free. And we're back with It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we usually don't have the guests, so we spin this big wheel. But now we do have a guest. Cliff is in the studio, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Everything old is new again. Score a scene from media with this song. That's a good one for this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of meat to get from this. So, uh, anybody first thought scoring a scene from media? What was that one movie... That like came out in the Wag the Dog. Yes. Oh, did Wag I name the, the no, name? Of that? No. Oh. It was starring like not. It was like Jeff Foxworthy or like one of those like. It starred a bunch of the like redneck comedy tour guys, and it was about like soldiers going to fight in Iraq, but they were com- they were these like redneck comedians. I, I don't. I didn't see it, but I just remember the one like line where like something bad happens to them, and one of them goes, "Don't ask." And the other guy goes, "Don't tell." <laughs> like that sort of thing. Jesus. And it was just like that level of humor. What a great joke! Um, has Jeff Foxworthy actually been? I don't in think movies? it was. It was. A, it wasn't Jeff Foxworthy. It was the other guy. Okay. The Steve, the cable guy, sort of guy. Sure. I feel like he would be. And gr- it bombed as it should have. Yeah, Jeff Foxworthy needs to have an army movie. Where it's uh, he's real old, so he could be like a command. I feel like Jeff Foxworthy is primed for like a serious role. Oh yeah, he needs to cut into his dramatic. Like, side. So it's like a yeah, it's like a a, a a war movie right taking place in Afghanistan or something like that. And Jeff Foxworthy is like an aging commander who has been in too deep for too long. It's called Foxhole. Just letting you know, that's uh, what the uh, movie is called. Just, I'm not Foxhole worthy. <laughs> Um, I, have you, do you know Wag the Dog? If your head is below ground level, you, you might, might be, be in a, a foxhole. If you're smelling chewed up berries, you might be in a fox's hole. If there are bullets whizzing overhead, you might be in a foxhole. If you are dug beneath the studios where they're repeating <laughs> right-wing propaganda, you might be in a foxhole. If you can only tell jokes about the right Republican right, you might have dug yourself into a career foxhole. If you painted a hole on the ground, 
in black paint, but then you go over it and you accidentally fall in, you might be in a faux hole. If you're walking in the forest and you're not feeling good because your lunch isn't sitting right and you get off the path to let loose the call of nature and you stumble a bit and twist your ankle, you might have just stepped in a foxhole. If you are <laughs> sliding into first and you feel your pants burst, diarrhea, <laughs> diarrhea, diabetes. When you if slide- you're in a tunnel underneath the British Parliament, you might be in a foxhole. Guy foxhole. Ah! Ah! Thanks for bringing it back. <laughs> Save the day. We could have just unfortunately done that for the entire we segment. Really that needs to be your next podcast. <laughs> Just fixating on one concept and just going back and forth. And these are two and a half hour episodes. <laughs> um, but so, on the good side, they're only put out once every two months. Um, Wag the Dog. Do you guys remember Wag the Dog? This is a movie. I remember the name. Okay. I Does, remember Walk That Dinosaur. Uh, Al Pacino. Uh, Robert De Niro That's is who you're one. thinking That's of. the one. It was Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro. It was about a spin doctor and a Hollywood producer who fabricate a war to distract voters from a presidential sex scandal. So I think this would make a good... You're looking at me. What, what year did that come out? 97. Perfect. So <laughs> it could come and pass. Sex scandal. That's one of the things that was mentioned in there. Where's the war take place that they're... Uh, uh, the war takes place... Albania. So wait, th- so what this is is this going to be happening in the scene or is this like one of those like 90s over the credits things where they like oh. they like an on point rap about sure, the song. this is the, the Adams family <laughs> yeah cuz it's the new Iraq and Albania is the new Iraq yes, and they're getting more irate cuz nobody's learning about them in this <laughs> this song is about wag the dog it might very well be about wag the dog um, do you think they tried to get the song in the Wag the Dog soundtrack and it well, was rejected? They were just like Wag the Dog came out three years before this album was dropped. Like you said, '97, right? Yeah, they've had this song in the tank since Gordon. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, um, but uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, I, well. And what what album did Second Best come out on? Second Best is on Everything to Everyone. They w- wrote this song to try and be for Wag the Dog, but they picked some other mo- movie for, song for the movie, and, they wrote and so they wrote Second Best. themselves. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, whatever Jeff, the Foxhole is a movie that this could <laughs> score. I think Wag the Dog is a movie that this could score. Cliff, what do you think? Any, any scene from media you feel like, oh, sorry, we have to do the requisite. I feel like a scene from Stranger Things. Things. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's every, Ev says that every time. Um, you feel like it, but I don't. No, it's true. You didn't this time. I feel like this could go on C-SPAN. On C, just like they, they just open up every morning with this song. Do they have like a reset button on C-SPAN at like 4 a.m. every day? Do I don't they like, they, like? I don't think they go to. They just like, do replays. The American, the American flag anymore. Okay. Right? I don't think that's a thing anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either. At least on definitely on cable, they don't yeah, do that. Yeah. Or on C-SPAN, it's not cable, but like you know. So so this would play over the American waving flag. Or maybe it's always playing in the background on C-SPAN. Just very lightly. Yeah. yeah. So like if you you just don't notice it anymore. Sort of like the, 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 scroll, the crawl at the bottom. Yeah. I had to concentrate really hard on this song to even make sense of it because I just felt like I had tuned it out for so many years. You know I'm always watching C-SPAN. <laughs> so uh, now's the time in the show when we take an email from one of our friends, one of our fans, one of our little baby boys. Big email. This one is from Jonathan Burnick. Jonathan Burnick Burnick. writes us one of the nicest emails I've ever gotten. We don't Uh, deserve deserve anything (laughs) nice. We certainly don't. 
basically what happened was he went to, he says, I can abbreviate slash read slash cherry pick whatever I want to from this email because it is 17,000 paragraphs. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> he went to a Stephen Page concert and he took a bunch of video for awesome. us. Um, so he, he sent us all the video from the Stephen Page concert, which is a delight. He begs us to cover some of Stephen Page's solo material. <laughs> um, this was interesting. Uh, the concert itself, before playing Enid, Steve mentioned how even he was a little skeeved out by how super problematic nowadays the song's lyrics are and how icky the narrator is. Mm. So that's some confirmation that he's pretty self-aware of the kind of narrators he was writing and still writes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but but at least... I mean, uh, you're speaking uh, to a man-child, right? Yes, it's true. Uh, Jonathan says he himself even found his narrators hard to stomach despite that being the intent behind writing them in that way. Um so uh, he gave us the, the footage, uh, and he includes some very uh, awesome turns of phrase, like, Saker, I know you'll cream your jeans at the opening transition of Hit and Run. The buildup and payoff <laughs> is magnificent. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, and uh, then he says, P.S., after he signs off with Love You Boys, he Aww. says, P.S., this submission wouldn't be complete without a question. Here we go. So. Lock and load. You find yourself in a mysteri <laughs> mysterious cave. You find yourself a mysterious postcard in a curio shop. The front has a picture on it. And though you're not quite sure, it looks like a not-quite-human hand holding out a beckoning gesture. Might be a chimpanzee. Another postcard. Anyway, on the back you see the words, Make a wish. Oh, God. You think, all I've ever wanted is to be one of the bare-naked ladies. Suddenly you look back at the front of the card and the chimpanzee's fingers have curled up. A voice whispers something about fine print and you black out. You awaken on a tour bus with the rest of the ladies during the height of stunts popularity, waiting to perform to a rabid crowd. But you feel wrong, somehow sticky. You realize that you've eaten and skinned one of the beanakes and taken their place within the band. <laughs> Which lady have you Looking killed? Looking through the aisles. <laughs> Which lady have you killed, skinned, and eaten? How did you prepare them? And what are you going to do to convince everyone that you're really part of the band and not a bloodlusted imposter with a knack for epidermic tailory? So we don't get... We're just ourselves, but wearing... You the are wearing the skin of a very good <laughs> lady, lady that you have cannibalized. <laughs> this monkey's Holy paw has curled. Yeah, the entire body is gone. So, but I, I'm woken... I, I wake up with the memory of having done it. Yeah, I think you... So it's, it's a like, brownout. I was like possessed by a demon. Yes, yeah. Okay. That's, you were possessed by a, a demonic chimpanzee. And then the demonic chimpanzee, like, frees me. That's correct. That yes, I think so. And I don't have any demonic powers or anything like that. I think I'm You fucked. have the power of being a very good lady, which some have said is demonic, but... Well, I don't because I just have to convince them that I am, <laughs> right? And we're about to go on stage and play you know three god that's three sessions yeah. of one week yeah uh so who and why and how i'll, um, I'll go i'll go first please I'll go do first. um i would kill any stephen page so i'm assuming that we are going to be in the stephen page era at this point mm -hmm. um well he uh, said we're, we're high the high heights of stunts sure so sure yeah, sure okay, definitely yeah, definitely scp so the reason i would eat stevie p is because he plays the fewest if any instruments and i have no instrumental yeah, but your voice is still your voice right but at the very least i might be able to <laughs> as you as you fake the voice like there's like bloody lips <laughs> flapping around and like you like do the you try to do the Stephen page kick and like your the, the part of your face like kind of shifts to the side so your his nose is on the side of your cheek yes exactly that's how it goes um but how would you kill and eat him yeah well that's a big part or how, how would you, the demon version of you kill him? how you prepare him um, I think what I would do, how did you, which lady, if you killed Skin Neat, how did you prepare them? So I think I would prepare Stevie P by roasting him over an open flame in a pit. 
Um, because I think many of his narrators are pig-like. Uh, and I think he himself should be treated like a pig uh, over the open flame. Now will he come on our show, do you think? <laughs> if I talked about cooking him over an open flame? Uh, yeah, with an apple in his mouth. Um, I keep him kind of in a very, very large Tupperware that I have. And I slice off pieces of him to make sandwiches uh, every afternoon for lunch on the tour bus. Uh, and how to convince people that I am Steve is uh, whenever anyone is... Uh, Anywhere near you, just do a line, a whole line of cocaine. That and is like, 100%. I'm feeling great! That's correct. I'm feeling great! <laughs> I do a little Michael Bolton impression in there, yeah. too. Correct. Which is what S- Stephen P. is known for. Yes, it's is true. Michael Bolton. you got to hear him do that. Who would you kill? Who would you eat? How would you prepare him? Um, well, we'll talk about preparation first. Sure. Who, uh, is it possible without knowing who it is? Yeah, you'll, well, so he's, uh, he's going to pick up snacks for everybody. Okay. Because, uh, you know, Tyler's a little peckish. Ed is, uh, you got to feed Ed, right? He's got to eat his, uh, Ed's got to eat his, his jerky strips. We're doing some great before, process of elimination here. Before the, yeah, I know. I'm trying. You're trying to guess. <laughs> uh-huh. I right? know it's Kev. It's Kev. It's Kev. You're going to be Kev because you can play the piano. I, I can. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be the easiest. And uh, I would prepare him by, so he comes out of the, uh, like the convenience store and then Van pulls up chloroform over his mouth, mm-hmm. uh, wakes up in a basement somewhere and I'm just in there. I, it's me, but in a mask, say, all right, this isn't going to be fun for either of us. <laughs> Is there anything you want me to pass along to your friends and family when I'm finally caught? Because uh-huh. I'm just preparing him for the inevitability of sure. me having to skin and kill him. So, uh, yeah, I just we have a long, impassioned conversation. and uh, Oh, that's how you prepare him, I understand. Yeah. Okay. So, you know. And then, actually, he ends up, uh, I go to, like, go to slit his throat, and I'm like, I can't. I can't, and he just takes the knife because we've gotten we've, we've bonded He's so well, syndrome. and okay. he just cuts his own throat. Jesus Christ! So that here's the problem: you are a six three, six four man. How yeah. tall are you? Six four. Six four. Kevin, let's say he's five nine, five ten. <laughs> I want to see you stretching the limits of his skin. Well, I've also gone. Point. I mean, I've I've gone like gotten like shin reductions where they cut out like. Oh, you made uh, yourself look like Kev. I have to. I have to, right? I don't know. The demonic entity possessed you. I have no idea what you have to do. I have to do it. Okay, fair enough. You have so, to. So yeah, do I've it. shortened. I've shortened my shins and right. my my forearms and sure. So I just look like a really creepy, stubby guy. My forearms and legs, shins, lower legs are the half teeth, as long. The lips. I've shortened my shins. The yeah. teeth, the lips. I've and then my I shins. think like uh, to convince them. Uh, so I wake up. I've done everything I needed to do. I wake up in my little like my plush feather bed because I'm Kevin Hearn, and I'm ooh ooh, and I pull the little pee out from underneath because <laughs> I had a back pain. Sure, because he's so handsome and mm-hmm. wonderful and delicate and delicate. And uh, so what I do is I go, oh guys, I'll make you, I'll make you guys some coffee this morning. Let me grind the beans. And I so put the pour the beans in, and I start the coffee grinder and go, oh I forgot to put the top on. I go, whoops, and I just stumble and I put my fingers right in there and <laughs> chop my fucking fingers, break them up, so I'm all mangled. I'm like, uh-huh. what am I gonna do, guys? I can't go on stage like this. And then they're all really nice to me. <laughs> so you mangle your own fingers? Yeah, I'd have to. Yeah. I mean, because I can play piano, but I can't play piano like him. Yeah. Do you think Brandon ladies have some sort of workers' comp program where they take care of you for the rest of your life? What was the point of becoming Kev if you're not going to tour with the Brandon ladies? Well, if I were going to become Kev, I wouldn't do it by wearing his skin and keep murdering See, him that's in a basement. Exactly what I would do. <laughs> that's the best way to go about it. Dun, 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 dun. I feel like I could do a Stevie P impression. Cliff, which Brandon lady would you be? I mean, you kind of just took pretty much everything because <laughs> Stevie P is the only one that I would be able to reasonably pull off size wise. Oh sure, sure. And, like I mentioned, like I like singing 
Stevie P songs because I can hit those in that register, the notes, and, you know, cocaine for the proof. Oh, how you would, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> sure. You guys don't think I'm Stevie P? Watch me do this entire lot of coke. <laughs> See, well, see, my voice sounds so different because I, I did no, the whole lot of coke. And see, it's like, see, Steve, I'd be, I'd like would do it in closets. I would do it in closets so that they would just have, find me. It's like, oh, not again, Stevie. Smart, smart. Well, very good. Good segment, guys. <laughs> I love when we have to hurt the things we love. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> and we did it, done. gentlemen. That's an epo. Hey. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> that's true. Very good, Cliff. Are we done? What would you like to plug? Um, I've got a Patreon going now. I make Patreon.com slash IABD? No. I'm sorry. That's the only <laughs> Patreon we support on this podcast. Oh, you don't. You do, literally do support it. Fuck. Um, I literally don't support IABD. Sorry, Jerome. It's uh, Patreon.com slash The Comic Sads. All one word. One word. Like the comic, like, like comic Sads. The font, but Sads. And mm-hmm. you can get Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the same name. Also, follow and like 2D6 if you haven't. Hey, I like that plug. You can get a mix. Seiko will make you a mixtape. If you pay me $90, <laughs> I'll make you a mixtape. Uh, how much do people have to pay to ma- have you make them a mixtape? Uh, they can pay me only a single dollar. Wow, that's cheap. But it- they have to find me. <laughs> <laughs> I found you. Can I pay you a dollar? Well, I mean, no, you haven't. This isn't me. <laughs> what am I looking at? <laughs> what oh, are you looking boy. at? Yeah, if you find my uh, my heart. Oh, is this? Are we back to the senses being hidden in different locations? Well, yeah. I mean, I have to do. So- if you find my heart in the forest, I have to do what you say. Like I had to follow your command, so you could command me to make a mixtape. The dollar is just bonus for me. Ooh, okay. Because I, like I have that. to buy the CD. Yeah, I was gonna say a CD in a case are gonna cost you more than a buck. You gotta print out that track list. Nah, nah, nah. Eventually the a, ink cartridge. A CD in a case, like if you're buying them in bulk, because I bet the person who wants a mixtape for me is just gonna pass that heart around. I get, oh, so the heart doesn't disappear. No. I see. What Once kind of? Make yeah, wish. that's that's ridiculous. They control you for the rest of hearts. Forever. Don't disappear unless they hand the heart away, or I can trick them into um, give telling me their true name. Sure, yeah, 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 that happens. But since everyone just like, they'll just tell you their true name. Sure. Like, nowadays, yeah. They're like, and what's your name again? They might say something like, "I'm Saker." I'm Evan, and we'll see you again in one, one week. week!